0: Good morning. I hope y'all all all had a good night's sleep. I'm scanning the crowd. I don't see any visitors, so I'm going to skip all that stuff about where the restrooms are and all that stuff because y'all all all know where they are. Uh, Today, don't forget, at 3 o'clock, we're having a memorial service here for Lonnie Swan this Wednesday we'll have Brother Ray back doing a Bible study with us and Brother Ray will be here but he had a, something going on he, so hopefully he'll be here and I don't have to preach So, <laughs> um, I guess that's pretty much it for announcements oh well I'm supposed to do something else I wanted to read uh, Matthew 11:28. 28. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Am I doing it? Okay, that is right, Matthew 11:28. 28. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Of course, that's verse 29. So, it sounds like He's going to give us rest, but He's going to put a burden on us. But He makes our burden light. So, I have a little devotion book, and a few weeks ago, I came across this, and I thought, I'm just to share that next time I chair the service. This is called Bringing People to Jesus. People become known for many things. Noah is known as a righteous man in the evil age. David is known as the man after God's own heart. Peter is known as the outspoken disciple. John is known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Judas is known as the betrayer. Paul is known as a fearless pro- proclaimer of the gospel. Andrew is known for bringing others to Jesus. The first person Andrew brought to Jesus was his brother Peter. As soon as Peter joined the disciples, he became the spokesperson for the twelve, while Andrew remained in the background. It was Peter, not Andrew, who rose to prominence as one of Jesus' inner circle of three. We don't read of Andrew resenting Peter. It seems he was satisfied to bring others to Jesus and leave the results to him. Good lesson for us, isn't it? It's not surprising that Andrew found the boy with the loaves and fishes and brought him to Jesus. Andrew brought Greeks to Jesus, even though they were despised by pious Jews. There is no record of Andrew ever preaching a sermon, performing a miracle, or writing a book of Scripture. He is remembered for those whom he brought to Jesus. Andrew is a good role model for us. Our job is not to transform people into Christians, nor to convict them of their sin. It is not our responsibility to make people do what they ought to do. Our task is to bring them to Jesus. And he will perform his divine work in their lives. So, each of us has a job to do. That's to bring people to Jesus. Oh, let me open with word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to come together and worship you. Be with us in this service. And be with Ray Lord as he's trying to make it here. Uh, remove the obstacles out of his way. And bless the message he has to bring to us, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: We want to celebrate our December birthdays and our anniversaries this morning. Won't you join with us as we sing happy birthday? <laughs> happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy Anniversary to you, Happy Anniversary to you, Happy Anniversary
2: God bless you, Happy
1: Anniversary to you. It seems as though they come much faster these days right (laughs) just glad to have them right won't you stand with us this morning as we begin singing some of our Christmas carols the first Noel we'll be doing all verses because it tells a beautiful story to be seated Melissa and her sister are going to lead us now in the Advent I hope you don't mind changing the service we shouldn't be that rigid I'm sorry girls
3: (laughs) so we are doing the second Advent candle the candle of love a place to lay your head, warrant them shelter from the elements, rest and welcome, a spot at the table, food to eat, and conversation. These are essentials of good hospitality. We focus this Advent season on entertaining angels, showing hospitality to one another and strangers in our midst. Surely Joseph and Mary, making their way from Nazareth to Bethlehem, longed for a place to stay. Their arrival at the busy crowded inn resulted in closed doors and no room except for the cattle stall. Using what they had, these new parents created a bed in a manger with straw and swaddling clothes, transforming a trough into a treasure chest. What wondrous love is this, little as much when God is in it. On this second Sunday of Advent, we light the candle of love. Who in our midst shall we make space for? Who needs to open a card of greeting or find a seat at the table? What place will be prepared in our homes or in our hearts to show and share love? The writer to the Hebrews exhorted, keep on loving each other, stay on good terms with each other, held together by love, be ready with a meal or a bed when it's needed. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. We give glory to God for love.
1: Thank you, Rachel and Melissa, for lighting our second Advent candle for us this morning. Let's sing this beautiful chorus, Emmanuel. If you feel like standing, please do so. I think it is a uh, tribute to our Master, Emmanuel. this morning. Children, you may go to your classes.
0: I want to introduce our speaker to you this morning. He's a wonderful speaker. His name is Ray Owens. And I think y'all heard him before, so he did not need much introduction. <laughs> he needed some prayers this morning to be able to get here. So he had a little personal matter to take care of. So. Anyway, God was with him, and he's here. and So I'm going to turn the service over to Ray.
4: This side over here needs some people. Y'all need to run outside and <laughs> grab some folks. <laughs> run outside.
0: You weren't here in the introduction. Right. Or were you here when I said bring people to Jesus? No. Okay. He said, so, we need to invite yeah. people in. Invite yeah. somebody.
4: Well, I'm glad you're here this morning. And I uh, really want to thank uh, LM and Ronald, Vicki. Pat for leading us to worship this morning. Uh, It's always a thrill as a pastor on Sunday mornings when somebody shows up at your house when you're trying to leave, wanting something. Uh, But we took care of it and and it is what it is. And also I just realized my phone is evidently not on silent. So I'll take care of that. Shall you silence your devices (laughs) as we take off? (laughs) anyway it is what it is Um, hey I'm sure everybody's aware and Dale probably mentioned and all but uh, today um, boy what a day very busy day Uh, today uh, is an opportunity uh, to honor a great man of God a faithful servant at three o'clock we'll we'll have a, a memorial service Uh, It'll be less than an hour. Brother Steve Nelson's coming over. Uh, One of his uh, uh, young people, now when you're 99, what's a young person? (laughs) Seventy-five probably. You know what I'm saying, that's a young person. He's going to share some testimony, just five minutes, but kind of a neat thing. But I want to honor you as Cypress Street, and particularly all of you last week that I had you stand, for really being faithful to loving on Brother Lonnie. Honestly, the state church office and myself wasn't aware until I came here that he was even in, in town. Brother Steve didn't even know he was in the state, and, I can't, and through this process I found out he's actually been over here at the nursing home since like 2008, and we didn't even know it. So you've been faithful, and I, I honor you, and with the weather and pastors having to drive two hours and stuff to be here, I'd really appreciate it if you have an opportunity that you could come um, and and support that. And then I'm going to go ahead and announce the search team has a candidate. We're going to meet today and discuss that. So if you would be in prayer for that, please be in prayer for that. Okay. (laughs) Please be in prayer that that both for this pastor and his wife who served the Lord faithfully for a long time, that, that for them, it's where God wants them, and for us, that it's a good match. And uh, and I'm stepping out on faith, and I love you, but I, I just want to be set free, okay? <laughs> I want to be set free in the name of Jesus. Uh, so thank you, thank you. You have your outlines? Let's get started this morning. Thank you, Mike, for all you're doing. Let's give Mike a round of, man, what a... <clears throat> Also, if you had not had a prayer yet, have you, Dale? Did y'all have a corporate prayer? Yeah. You did? You did? Okay. Well, I'm going to have a prayer. We really want to remember Lonnie. I mean, you know, not Lonnie, Lonnie's service. Uh, we want to remember Larry. I'm sure you're aware, got the text, he's hurting. A tumor or something showed back up. It's really not looking good, and I really had a burden for him and all the others that we've sent out. we got some of y'all that are staying sick. <laughs> and we need to get you well. And obviously as we look around we know a lot of folks. And then we've also got stuff going on between here and Jackson. I think Nancy is having to take care of that and a lot of things there. So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we prepare uh, for that as well. Father we come to you right now in the name of Jesus Lord and again we right now praise your holy name. Father be with me as I share your word, May I have the freedom, Lord, with everything going on to just focus on you, what you have laid on my heart. Give me the freedom to share it. Lord, let all of us, we all have so much going on in our life, let us focus on you the next 30 minutes, Father, the short period of time we have to spend with you. Lord, I pray for all those who will be traveling in for this uh, message, uh, this afternoon, this memorial service, and all that's involved in that, Lord, we as we just... Strive to do for a humble man who didn't ask for a lot to honor him. And thank you, Lord, uh, for his life. And we pray that this will be an experience that's appropriate, encouraging, and uh, maybe challenging as well. Father, be with all of that. Father, we love Larry. All of us do. And he's going through a very tough time. He has been amazing with what all he's faced. So all of us join together and just reaching out in love as the girls read Lord, we reach out in love and plead with you that you would touch his body, the pain. God, do a healing work. You could just eradicate it, and we will give you the honor and the glory. Nevertheless, Lord, your will be done, but we know that you tell us to ask and seek, and you are the healer, so we do that right now. For Bill, we ask the same thing in Jackson. For Wendy, all the Elmore clan, everybody involved in that, Lord. And Father, there are some here today that hadn't felt good for a while, and there's many that are sick and the flu and COVID and other things going around, Father. Just put a hedge of protection on everyone, and God, touch them and heal them. And God, would you guide this afternoon in our discussion? Give us clarity. We need to know what you want done, Lord. We want to do what you want. And God, please may we join together as a body of Christ and really focus in on seeking your will. This is an amazing, amazing group of people here in this church. And Lord, they need the leader that you have for them. We need to come together. And God, I pray for unity, for your wisdom, your guidance, and the exciting things that are going to happen in this community with us together at Cypress Street. Thank you, God, for your blessing. Thank you for this Christmas season. I pray, God, that you would allow us to focus on you in Christmas 2022. And all God's people said. Amen. You'll notice on your outline, a star is calling. You know, there's beautiful decorations around, and many times at the top of a tree, you have a star, you have whatever, uh, those kind of things. And I thought that I would share with you a message on about the star, and it's actually the same text we're probably going to use for a couple weeks, um, and I'll be reading it from the New Living Translation, Matthew chapter 2. It's kind of funny. Matthew chapter 2 talks about the wise man, and Luke 2 talks about Jesus. That's always cool. And, um, and, uh, and, and I'll go ahead and give you a little history. We'll talk about it a little bit more, but... The, the wise men probably came when Jesus was about anywhere from a year to two years old. But we're pretty sure about 16 to 18 months old. It, it took them a while to travel. They, they, the reservations on American Airlines was, was really bad. So they, they took United Camel. And it took a, a while to kind of go over uh, through that. And uh, next time you complain about your seat, just think about riding a camel. For uh, about a year or months at a time. So today we look at the Christmas star and the nativity scene. Okay, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law, and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he lear- and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. When he told them, "Go to Bethlehem and search cheerfully for the child, And when you find him, come back and tell me, so that I too may go worship him. Liar, liar, pants on fire. What? The devil is a liar, and the truth is not in him. After this interview, or interrogation I might add, the wise men went their way, and the star that they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod." What a beautiful, beautiful story. So what I wanted to talk to you about this morning, excuse me, what I wanted to talk to you about this morning is a star represents a whole lot more than a Christmas decoration. A star, in my opinion, represents a symbol of God's beckoning. Have you all ever heard of beck and call? Beckoning, And I looked it up, beckoning, to summon, to signal, to invite. In other words, the star was an invitation to these kings over in the eastern world to come. And I think that's what it represents for us, uh, God's beckoning. It's like in the beginning, last week I talked about when, G- when God was uh, uh, in the garden, you know, and he he called out to them when, when they didn't show up at their appointed time and he said those words, Where are you? Come, where are you? And then I talked about at the end in Revelation, it says, Come, anyone who hears, come, come. God's beckoning, and I believe God's calling us today the same way. That's what the star represents. So when you see the star, think about it. It's it's God calling us. It's God calling people to him. Have you ever heard God calling? Have you ever heard God calling? God called and beckoned Noah. And boy, bless his heart, read the story, read it as if it was you and realize God's beckoning him to build an ark when there's no rain yet, there's no anything, and people are making fun of him and it was a big arc. How many of you saw the movie uh, Evan Almighty? A few of you, three of you? Okay. Y'all need to get out a little more. They have this thing called the internet and you can download um, you can download good movies, you know, and they got there's a lot of trash, believe me, but there's some good stuff and that one's actually pretty, pretty good movie. Uh, not perfect obviously, Hollywood's involved. But think about Noah. God beckoned him to build a, an ark and save his family and because he was faithful as a result of that he's like the second Adam. You know everybody went through Adam and then boom it's Noah and his family from then on. There's no one left. Think about that. Abraham, I mean Abram at the time. We, we preached a sermon series on him He got asked, his beckon was to leave the land you know, everything you know, and go to this new place and something new and I'm going to make you the father of all these generations. And he was faithful. And I'll talk about that. What about Moses? He done messed up. Moses was miraculously saved then he messes up and kills an Egyptian, he's banished, he has a warrant for him, and God shows up and beckons him pretty powerfully in a burning bush that wouldn't burn up. And he he came, a voice, and, and he spoke to him, he beckoned him. And you know there's so many more, there's thousands of more that God calls. And God is beckoning, just as I said He does, let everyone who hear come. I believe the, the star is God's beckoning, and that's what it's a call. So on your outline there, let me get back to it, I have a couple things. The beckoning of God is a call of divine. The first one is discovery, divine discovery. When God called the Magi or, or the wise men, it was a call to discover who He was. When God called to Moses, it was a, come and discover me. You, don't, you know of me because your Jewish heritage, when they were able to teach him, because his mother was able to be his nursemaid and, and somewhat of his teacher, even though he was trained in the palace in, in Egypt, you know, he knew all that cognitively, but he didn't know really who God was. And do you remember who God introduced himself? Who, who's asking me to go? Who are you? I am I am. In other words, the creator of the universe is calling. And I want to stop right here. If God is calling you and God is calling me and it's God, is it ever calling you to do anything wrong? No. Is it ever calling you to do anything that will harm you in any way spiritually or bring you down or defeat you? No. That's the other guy. Now just drink, be happy, go party. It's really cool if you have lots of friends on Facebook and to do that you got to be a little wild. Don't be prudish like God's Word says. That's Satan. Anytime God beckons and calls based on the Word of God, He created you. He isn't going to mess you up in me. His call is good. And He always supplies the need when He calls. And of course, we know the story of what Moses did. You know, I, I don't think I put no, I didn't put it on your outline there. But only when we discover who God is, really who God is, like Moses began to discover, do we really learn who we are? The whole curriculum at mercy multiplied. Um, There were a few of you there, there at that event and at the very end the girl that sang who is phenomenal, talented as much as anybody in the world by far, the range of voice and everything. At the end, which I already knew all about her, been at my house and spent time with her, she shared that 11 years ago she was a mess and she was a mercy girl. And God had plans for her. And when, you, when she, the curriculum, a lot of it is discovering who God is, which lets you find who you are in God. All around the world are these gals that find their value in some man. Or even they're willing to do terrible things to get love. And they're searching for love in all the wrong places, right? Y'all know the story, and that's what mercy's full of. But God, when you discover who He is and what He thinks about you and what He has for you, you don't need that. You see what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say. So that's why only when we discover who God is do we really discover who we really are supposed to be. Secondly, the beckoning call is a divine call of opportunity. Now, this one's a no brainer. <laughs> When God calls there's an opportunity there. When God called to the Magi, Noah, Moses, when He calls us, He calls us to go to places we have never dreamed about going to. Do you agree with that? You never dreamed that you'd be there. I never dreamed I'd be in Kansas. Thank goodness I went and met Dana. Man, I can't imagine... You know, what I would have been, that was my call. I mean, Dad did it, and I went, and, you know, there you go. I didn't like it. I cried the whole way. It was terrible, you know. It was cold. It was windy, and I didn't have my friends, and my papa wasn't there, and they didn't even have hunting. Can you imagine that, guys? You boys have been to Kansas and hunting. They got amazing deer, don't they? When I got moved to Kansas, no deer. None. None. I mean, I. they had jackrabbits. And I remember going to Texas one time and they had a jackrabbit with antlers on it and they called it a jackalope or something like that. That's a joke. There really aren't any, okay? But, but if I'd seen that, I'd probably went hunting for that. It, it was terrible, but it was God's will and thank you. It was awesome what God did and and how he helped and how he led. It's an opportunity. Moses never dreamed he'd go back to Pharaoh and stand before him. He was going to be executed. Look at what happened. You know, Abraham never dreamed of leaving his homeland and now he's the father of all the generations and all that. Noah never believed, dreamed that it would lead to this and what it it ended up leading to. Gave the whole earth a new chance, by the way. All the evil was gone, a new chance. Of course it didn't take us long to mess that up. That's one of the things I thought about. One of the joys I had in teaching at ULM was psychology 201. And I taught that for 25 years at night and probably four years in the daytime. And it was neat because a huge class. And, but one of the things at the time, I don't think they do it anymore. The, the uh, science, the scientific method was taught in psychology. And we, we were responsible to do a section on the scientific method theory and all that. And I would always pick to keep everybody awake the theory of evolution. But it also is a wonderful thing, it's a theory of evolution. Now there's facts of evolution, but the theory of evolution. And it was a great, kept everybody, because half the people were thinking I was going to say something religious, half the people thought I was going to, you know, so it stirred them up, nobody went to sleep, you know, and kept them going. And, and, you know, I I think sometimes in, in life we, we don't realize God gives us opportunity when He calls, and it's opportunity to accomplish. I think of Saul. He wasn't really seeking. He thought he was doing the right thing. Now, God's call to him, knocked him off his donkey. I've actually prayed for some people to get knocked off of their donkey, because they were, y'all know, you get a wayward son, you get a wayward child, and you go, God, Lord, whatever it is, you know, I don't want anything terrible to happen to them, but they need to the wake up call. You know what I mean? They need a donkey knocking. They might need to be blinded. You know, they might need that. But think about it. Then he says, Lord, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus, your first kid. Boy, that changed him. Bless Paul's heart, Saul's heart. My goodness, think about everything he thought one way was something different. But God came along with him and look at him now. And then we think of Paul. Oh my goodness, what an awesome Christian. What a joy. He's going, wow, if they kill me, I get to go be with heaven. If I live, I'm going to win about a hundred more or a thousand more whatever. Woo, this is awesome. What do you do with Paul? That's, man, I don't know, Carmen, I don't know if that's your, but if I could be like Paul, <laughs> more like Paul, man, you couldn't do nothing with a guy like that. What, I mean, what an amazing story. He became apostle of Jesus when it was impossible to be an apostle, but he became the apostle of apostles. What an amazing story. The beckoning call of God's also a call of divine grace. Why in the world would I say divine grace? When you think of the star, I think about grace. It's God who initiates the call. It's God who gave us the stars. It's God who's calling. He initiates the grace. All grace initiated from Him. The girls read it. All love comes from Him. It all comes from Him. If God was to put His star in your life to beckon you, where would it lead you? I'm going to get practical in a moment. What would it shine on? The star also hide it under a bushel. We talked about that last week. The God's star, this star is an amazing star because this star rose suddenly and it kind of pointed and moved. And so obviously it guided them, these astrologers. And it moved and then it disappeared because it's part of God's plan. So We'll talk about it. Where are they going to go look? You know, you see that. Well, the same way in our life. God, it sometimes puts a star in our life. It's going to illuminate something. And it's like a star goes off in your head and you realize, whoa, I saw the light. That's something in my life that needs a change or needs to be more energy. You know what I'm saying? It's when the light comes on. How many of you have ever had a light come on? I hope you do. I hope it goes, ding, and a light comes on. If you don't, we need to talk. Like, I hadn't had a light come on in my life. Bless your heart, which we all know Southern for. Yo, messed up. All right. So, God might be saying, To you and to me this Christmas season, hey, I want to illuminate something. I want to talk to you. I want you to draw near to me. It's the light draws. The star drew the wise man. And I think the same thing is true today. Well, I'm way behind. I got to keep going. Uh, Well, you know, Pastor, what's it like when God calls? What's it like? Well, it's different every time. God sometimes knocks you off a donkey, sometimes it's subtle. And there was this guy talking to his fishing buddies, and I thought it was excellent. And and the guy said, look, I, I heard God spoke to me the other night. And, you know, I turned my life over to him, and I'm just telling you, I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'm turning my life over. And they said, well, what do you mean God spoke to you? And, and he said, "Did you see a vision? Or tell me all about it. Did you hear a voice?" He said, "No, I didn't see a vision. No, I didn't hear a voice." And he, and he said, well, "What's it like?" He said, "Well, it's kind of like fishing. You don't see the fish. You don't hear the fish. But when you're fishing, you feel a tug on the line." And I thought that was pretty good. Have you? I felt God tugging on my heart. Anybody here want to raise their hand and ever felt God tugging on their heart? Sure more of you than saw the movie, Evan Almighty, that's good. <laughs> it's a tug. Sometimes it's just a tug. You just feel God's doing something great in our church that most of you don't know about, and I can't go into all the details, but we had a financial need, and God kind of gave me a tug to reach out to somebody, and you know what? They're kind of taking care of that. It was a tug. It wasn't a voice. It wasn't a a deal. It was just, you know, you need to kind of do this, and then before you know it, I needed to see him about something else, and I forgot about it, and then he tugged me. I didn't hear a voice. Speak to him now, son. I didn't even hear Charlton Heston. You know, I, I just felt, hey, I want to share this need. You know, I'm pastoring this church that are most amazing people. There's this need. they got an air conditioner that's ridiculous. I rebuke this thing, I'm just telling you. You know, they, they have a need. I'm just saying that's how it works sometimes. It's just a tug. Is God tugging? Is God beckoning you? It's up to us to respond. Number one, when when the tugging or beckoning of God, when when it's there, what's it like? It's a call that's heard by those who are looking and listening. It's a call by those who are looking and listening. In our text, only a few magi came. We think three because there's three gifts, but we don't know. I've heard some people give a pretty good estimate that was six, possibly six. But my point is, hundreds saw it. How many responded? Few. How many are called and how many respond? What does the Bible say? Many, many are called. Few choose to do it. And so the call was there because they were looking and listening. Ezekiel 12.2. They have eyes to see, but they don't see. They have ears to hear, they don't hear. For they're rebellious people. In other words, they're doing their own thing. Now that's not very accurate about today, is it? Zechariah, oh, the Word of God's so out of it. The Word of God's so not right or cool. Zechariah seven eleven, But they refused to pay attention stubbornly. They turned their backs, stopped their ears, <laughs> and they made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen. So it's not because they had bad hearing. It's not because of all that. It's because they had turned their heart in another direction. If we're going to hear, you need to be listening. If you're going to see, you need to be looking. I love a story that I heard. And it's what I was saying, like that tug. I knew there was a need, and I hope I'm listening to God. I pray almost every day, Lord, let me do what you want me to do today, because I got these plans. Y'all don't know me that well, but I got a list. I get a lot accomplished in my life, but it's called I have a list. And I need to relax more. That's why God gave me Dana, okay, to help me, you know, not... not live by the list. Man shall not live by list alone. That's my version. Okay. You know and she's about living life to the fullest and that's great. So you know sometimes but you, you have to be listening for God when He speaks or either you might end up in an accident that God allowed to get your attention. Um and a little accident's a whole lot better than what might happen if you don't listen. You see what I'm saying down the line. There's this guy that uh, and this is a great story, awesome. 1900s he saw an ad about a telegraph operator. and I love this because my grandfather, that's what he, he studied and became a telegraph operator and then a um, Missouri Pacific railroad agent, you know where and, and the, yeah, before cell phones guys. I'm just telling you there was these things called telegraph. Y'all ever heard of them? Okay. All right. Well, anyway, and most people know about SOS. Well, that's how they communicated. Well, it was an ad about a telegraph operator. So this kid, this young man went in, much younger, and when he looked in, he came in, there were seven or eight men in the office already, and some had already filled out the application, saw the sign, got an application, started filling it out. In the background, he heard telegraph. Well, it's a telegraph office, and he, about that. About halfway through filling out his application, now there's seven or eight older guys there, you know, more mature, more, about halfway through he picked up his application, ran, walked to the door, opened the door and just went right in. All the other seven or so guys are like, what, what was that? These young people today, 1900, they're pretty wild. He just ran right in there. Well, pretty soon here comes the boss with his arm around the young man and said, Y'all can go ahead and go. I appreciate you applying. The job's been filled. Well, they jumped up and go, Oh, no, 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 no. We were here first. We should have got an interview. Well, if you'd been listening, you would heard this. The whole time that you have been in here, um, right, filling out your application, the telegraph was constantly going, quote, if you can hear this and understand this, come into my office now. The job is yours. Carvin, that'll preach. God is sending messages all the time. Are you and I hearing? Obviously, they're applying for telegraph operators. They all could understand it. But they were so caught on filling out the application or talking to the guy next to them or I'm better than you or whatever, you follow what I'm saying, life, that they weren't listening to the message that was most important. That's a great illustration. So that's why I said you got to be looking and listening for God. Every now and then I have to go, God, and that's probably why for me I love deer hunting because I have to get in a stand and be quiet and pay attention." Now, phones have kind of messed that up a little bit, but you know you can set it aside and pay attention and be still and you wouldn't be, you'd be shocked at how many times God's talked to me in a deer stand. And it's not that it's a deer stand's holy. Well, no. (laughs) It's, it's, It's that you're silent and you get rid of all the stuff. I think you need to clear your head. And and that's a challenge. Would you maybe commit with me that sometime in the next week or so you would get away, maybe do something crazy and drive to Crowley Park and get alone somewhere and just listen to the wind blow through the pine trees? Uh, Did you know they make a noise when wind blows through pine trees? In other words, and God, what do you want to say to me? What is it you want to say to me or in your prayer closet? Number two, it's also a call that commands action. It's a call that commands action. God didn't speak to inform, this probably should have been on your outline. God speaks to transform. Paul put it this way, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When God speaks to you, it's transformational. It's not informational alone. Even if he gives you information, it's transformational. God wants you to change your life. God wants to change your heart. God wants to move it closer and closer to you, to to him. The wise men got up and followed and they were changed. And here's the thing, they left differently than when they arrived. Literally and spiritually, they left differently. The wise men would have never discovered who the Christ child was at all if they hadn't followed the star. No way. They never would have heard from God ever as they slept if they hadn't been faithful. If they'd only observed the star in the sky and told everybody, published a p- paper about it, put it on the radio, put Facebook posts about it and all that and never followed it, we wouldn't have the wise men in the story. You got to do it. It's, it's an action thing. God wants us to not just look and listen at the railroad track, but stop before the train hits you. You know what I mean? There's action involved in that. Genesis 12.1 On your uh, 12:14 on your outline says, the Lord had said to Abraham, Abram, leave your country. Do you see the action in there? He had to leave it. Leave your people, your fathers, and go. Action word, go to the land I'll show you. So he left, and 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 he moved. Matthew four. Follow me, Jesus said. Come, follow me. That's action. And I'll make you fishers of men. And here's the cool thing. At once they dropped all their nets, they did everything, and they followed him. Praise the Lord. It's an action thing. I think many times we might hear God, and sometimes we want to be a divine discovery in our life, but then are we willing to leave, go, and follow what he said? I have to admit to you, I've heard from God before, I've been directed by God before, and I I struggled with it. I fought with it. I didn't want to do it. But I kept talking to God, and I kept reasoning with God, and I kept praying to God. And how many of you know if you keep praying to God, and you keep really reasoning with God, and you keep spending time with God, and you go, God, I need you to help me, please. Please, that you have a way of coming around to his way of thinking. You know how God speaks in prayer many times when you're praying to Him. It's change me, and I've had that happen in my life. A pastor friend of mine, I had a three-year-old son, Billy, and uh, it was Christmas time, and he had a oh what was it, it was popular at the time, dinosaur stuff, dinosaur thing, I forget what what it was, Uh, stuff deal, and he was going around showing the dinosaur all the things in the house and at that age there's so much joy and not. And anyway they were going around and he was showing the ornaments and stuff and he was telling the, pointing out the ornaments and all that stuff and then he moved over to the nativity scene and he held up the dragon and he showed it to him and he said, This is the activity scene. Well, everybody started laughing, and when the pastor told me that, I thought, out of the mouth of babes. The nativity scene is an activity scene. God didn't just say, I'm going to save the world, I want to save the world. He sent his son And in a lowly place, He gave, God gave. He so loved Dale, He gave. It was action. It wasn't, I want to save Dale, I'll send a prophet. I want to save Randy, I'll send a messenger, an angel. No, He gave the very best. That's what Christmas is. So this is an activity scene, a lot of activity. They weren't here yet. This should have a little sign here two years later. (laughs) <laughs> or something, but <laughs> that's okay. Don't want to bust anybody's bubble. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus came that we might be changed. There's a lot of activity, in it, a lot of action. I think on your outline, I have, yes, I do. The true wonder. Of Christ is not found in those who simply watch the star, but those who follow the star. There's so many, the devils believe and know who Jesus is, but following Him, accepting Him, yes, like we said, and believe and confess, and follow Him. Remember, He said to the disciples, Come, follow me, and I will make you. So, God calls, the star calls, the beckon comes out, and then we respond and there's action. Third, it's a call that often leads by a different route than we would ever choose. Can I get an amen to that? Woo! I never would have chosen. I'm a typical PK. I never would. Carve and I are really weird. We are very weird. He's not saying that, I'm saying that. Okay. Our dads were pastors, and we're pastors. That's real unusual. Most pastors' got kids go, I ain't never going to have nothing to do with that. But we both had wonderful parents, okay? We were blessed. Were they perfect? No, but they were wonderful. And we saw what God did, and, 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 and we followed that and followed God's call, even though I told him no a long time. I don't know about you, Carver, <laughs> You know, I said, no, I don't want any part of that. It's a call that leads a different way. Now, when the Magi set out to find the King Jesus, where would they naturally go when the star stopped? When you get to town, you're looking for a king. You go to the palace. That was God's plan all along, but think about it. They went to naturally where you'd find a king in a palace. Well, then... After that the star appeared again and where'd they end up? A whole different place in the palace. Either a cave or the bottom of a kind of house where animals were. A manger put up with animals. One of the two. It's either a cave near animals or that. And I've been to both spots, by the way. This little house in this small town can't be where the real king is. I'm ne- God's... I, I've never seen it that way before. How many of you know God loves to do, I've never seen it that way before? In fact, there's a guy, Ralph Neighbors pastored in Houston when I was in college, and he wrote a book, Seven Last Words of a Church. And the book title is, We Never Done It That Way Before. That's Southern for you're messed up. In other words, churches have to change. And God's alive and He's changing us. In our lives, we've got to be willing to change. You can be almost 70 years old and He's still changing you. Some of you, about three of you are older than me here. (laughs) And God still speaks to you. My grandfather said at 95, God's still talking to me and wants me to hang around and do this. And I said, well, Papa, I'm good with the hanging around. Keep hanging around. And praise God, he gave him his mind till you know, that very end. If you follow Jesus, you're going to find yourself in places and positions you never thought that you would be at. But boy, is it awesome. Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own noggin or own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. He will direct your path. Sometimes we're going to miss incredible things. I know people that have missed it because they weren't listening to God and weren't following Him. And they they just kind of had a boring life and went off. I mean, I'm not being critical. God loved them and all that. But there was so much more there. And they've shared it with me and I knew it. And they missed out. They missed out. There's a pastor that took a tour to Bethlehem. His name was David Langerfeldt and this was in 2000 and this was a big deal. Y'all, does anybody here remember what was supposed to happen in January 1-2000? Some of you do? Well, if you don't, the world was going to come to an end. Computers were going to crash. Heating, uh, electrical grids were going to go down. I mean, y'all, it was not just on night radio. It was really a big deal. And I remember that and I had a bunch of trees that died because when we were building my property the, 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 the equipment killed the roots. And so, I a, so I cut up trees and I had 1400 feet of, of trees stacked so that everybody I knew that had a fireplace would at least live or, or, you know, have heat. And you know what, praise God, they all, all those, I had horses in there, so all those, all that wood rotted because there was no Y2K. And I was glad, that was fine. Well, in 2000, this guy takes this special group to Bethlehem on Christmas Eve to be in Bethlehem. And they're waiting outside the shepherd's cave. If you can imagine, when you're in Bethlehem, you kind of walk down, and you're kind of going down a long path, and then you come around, and there's some caves that are kind of halfway down, and it's a valley. It makes you just think about David out there with sheep, just a valley. It's real hilly and there's a valley with a creek down through it and there's the shepherd's cave and that's one of the spots they say Jesus was born. Well they waited and waited and waited to go in. They just, you have to go in and you have to sing and be in there Well, the people in there wouldn't leave. You know they were with Jesus and they weren't going to leave and there were hundreds and hundreds of people wouldn't leave. Well, finally, you know, there is a point when you, you realize you are not going to get this group of twenty-five or thirty in there. So he said, I tell you what we will do the next best thing. So they walk up and there is a place called the Chapel of the Angels and it has been built by the Catholic Church right up. I have to say this the Catholic Church through the years has done a lot. Some the Jewish people don't like them because they took a lot of the things away and they are stored at, at Rome. But they also preserved a lot of things. So there's this chapel they built right up the hill. It is built like a dome with angels all around, paintings, you know, like Michelangelo. I mean, it's not Walmart stuff. Let's just put it that way. It's phenomenal. And it has a rotunda, kind of like a capital. And so they were able to get in there, all of them. And they got in there, and it's designed with perfect acoustics and so he was so the pastor was so upset the whole time he's been pumping we're gonna sing in the cave that Jesus was born in didn't work out so there they go they start singing silent night pretty soon a group of Germans came in they started singing silent night a group of Spanish came in they started singing silent night a group of French came in, and I remember those three languages for sure, and then some others, and they all packed in there, and probably 150 people can get them packed in there, more than that, and they started singing. The acoustics was amazing, Jesus showed up, and they had an amazing experience, and He said, I didn't see one person in there not crying, bawling their eyes out except me because I was going, here I am the pastor, I had to do it my way and God the whole time you were telling us, get your dad, you know, going and get down there because I got something I want to do. And I'm the one that almost stopped the miracle of the Christmas of 2000. Because I was so bent on I'm the leader, I got the plans, this is what you want to do. Thank goodness after about an hour of waiting Even He gave in to the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? Sometimes we need to get out of the way and let God do it. And maybe God wants to do it a different way than He did before. And I love that story, especially because I've been there. And by the way, when we got there, I made a scene when we were there, because I'd already heard this story. And we sang, if you ever get a chance to go there, whoo, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Finally, it's a call that leads to an incredible destinies if followed, and I have to be honest, and sad consequences if ignored. We don't know how many Magi came, three to six probably, but only a few followed and got the experience of a lifetime of a million lifetimes. (laughs) Boy, what an opportunity would have been lost if they didn't do it. And we miss the opportunity in our own own lives every time we ignore God's call. God's call is not negative. It's positive. It's to lead us to something amazing. God wants maybe for some of us this morning in our life to maybe spend some time with him and maybe do something in our life that we've resisted like the pastor did there. For some of us, it's about some things in our life that God's telling us, look, it don't need to be there. Let's, let's commit this year to lay that aside. I promise I will fill that void and set you free. For some of us, it's about our families and maybe how we do with our families or with our job and how we do with our job. In other words, it's an understanding that God has that he gives us that's so important. You know, God calls, God comes and he goes, but it's not going to do anything unless we follow it and then it becomes awesome. And it's so important. We cannot ignore it. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. I want you to listen to this. Don't even worry about the words. Just listen to this. This is God. Today, I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and cursings. Oh, that you would choose life. Do you hear God in that? Can the Spirit help you hear God? God's rooting for us, God's wanting. He's laid out the plan of good and evil, He's given us the written word, He's given us pastors and leaders and teachers to know to lead us. And the whole time He's saying, Oh, please choose life. Please choose life. But be encouraged. God doesn't give up on us. Even if you chose the wrong way or your kids have chose the wrong way or your neighbors chose the wrong way, your parents have got old and went crazy, whatever's happened in life, here's the thing. God still sends the star. And I hope that from now on, every time you look at a star on a tree or star, you might think about it differently. It's God's beckoning in your life and my life. Be encouraged. Bow your heads with me. No matter what happens in this world, no matter how bad this country gets and it's not headed right, I want you to be encouraged. The star is still shining bright. And even if the Lord turns it off for a while, it's going to come back on. God is calling. Can you hear Him? Can you hear Him? God is tugging this morning. What steps? does He want you to take? Father, today in 2022, it's just like 2025 years ago when your son was born. God, you're still calling. God, you're still beckoning. God, you're still doing miracles. God, I see it all the time I believe it. God, help our unbelief. Help us to know there's nothing in our life, even the blah, blah mundane, there's nothing in our life that you can't have victory over and help us overcome. You can move magi hundreds of miles by camel to the right time. You can send your son at the exact right time. God, everything about you that's done is perfect and right. And God, you care about the littlest, smallest detail in our life. There's victory in you this morning, and we rejoice in that. And God, even as I've preached before that there's something in our life, we've tried and we've tried and we've kind of given up on it. No, God, you're telling us never give up, never give up. If you're leading us, never give up. Keep fighting the good fight. Father, if if it be your will, would you allow people, this body here and those that's listening, God, to receive you this morning and receive what it is you have for them, that you're still calling them in their life, beckoning them to do what it is you want them to do, because you love them, you have a plan for their life. God, I pray blessings on every person. And on this day, again, I pray you'd be with us as we strive to minister, as we strive to be what you have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me?
1: Yes. You. Won't you join with us as we sing about this beckoning star with We Three Kings Over Orientar? Are.
2: So
4: that he felt led uh, for me to anoint him uh, for Larry Uh, you may be seated but if anybody wants to come up and pray with us or be anointed we're going to do that in closing prayer very much if you guys would just have the opportunity could slip back by today at three and I know many of you going to be here at four for our meeting and just uh, honor a very humble and long-term servant of the Lord and a World War II uh, veteran and hero Uh, but you're dismissed and I know you have about two minutes to get to circle sorry (laughs)